Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, I think this is the weekend we can officially declare everything. <laughs> They're coming for everything. There's nothing left. Uh, Bud Light and country music, two of my favorite things. Actually, the country music I like is not the country music I saw last night on the Country Music Awards, the CMT Country Music Awards, but where they did a tribute to drag queens and gun control, but, uh, and they moved it out of Nashville, by the way, it's usually in Nashville. Now it's in Austin and it doesn't, uh, it's, they, they, they held nothing back, man. They're just coming for everything. Country music, Bud Light, which used to be my go-to beverage, particularly in the summertime. If I'm out, I just would instinctively automatically order a cold Bud Light. Those days are over. I don't even, I don't know if it'll have an impact. I don't know if everybody will join me in this, but I have drunk my last Bud Light. This, I, I, I have to say, this uh, broke on April 1st. I was convinced initially that it was an April Fool's prank. It certainly seemed like it. I uh, kept on digging, kept on reading. It's not. This is the single most tone deaf, the single most bizarre ad campaign in the history of ad campaigns. I looked it up too. There's some bad ad campaigns and we can go over them, but nothing like this. This is just so utterly insane. If you haven't seen it yet, we'll get to it. We're gonna, I, 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 you know, I have so much to get to on this Monday, Ironhead. We have so much. What a wild weekend. We have the uh, Trump uh, jet warming up on the runway in uh, Florida, getting ready to come north for Trump's arraignment tomorrow. He may be, the, the judge may issue a gag order. Then what? Because Trump is planning to fly back home after this arraignment tomorrow afternoon and give a speech in prime time, 8.15 tomorrow night. What happens if there's a gag order? Does he give the speech anyway? Does he violate the order? Will chaos ensue? They have this uh, pretend uh, uh, show of force in New York. They're setting up the barriers. They're, uh, they're uh, going to bring out a million cops in uniform to uh, deter the violence, which of which there will be none. Nobody, not even the craziest MAGA guy is dumb enough to uh, even think about uh, doing anything violent. It's in New York City. They're just hoping Trump supporters get violent so they can throw them in solitary confinement. Uh, I think everybody understands at this point, there's two systems of justice. You get to occupy state houses. If you're on the right side, you get to commit violence against cops. You get to attack uh, peaceful protesters like our friend, Billboard Chris. We'll get to that. Uh, and if you're a Trump supporter, man, you can't spit on the sidewalk. They're going to be looking to lock up Trump supporters. And I think uh, everybody knows that. So there'll be no violence. There'll be no great protest. There might be a few people carrying signs. Half of them will be uh, plants. Feds. Will be uh, feds. <laughs> will be uh, Biden supporters who hate Trump, who just want to make it appear that Trump supporters are violent. They won't be. But this insane arraignment is going forward tomorrow. And uh, I, I, I don't know what to expect from Donald Trump. I do know that most of the country knows this is political. This is a persecution. This is election interference. I think we all can agree that uh, he would not be getting prosecuted if he were not a candidate for president. 
he would not be getting prosecuted if his name were Donald Smith. It, it just wouldn't happen. They are prosecuting the man, not the crime. They don't have a crime. They hate the man. It is, uh, it is just raw meat for Trump haters out there. And this is the home office for Trump haters, the DA's office in New York City. I guarantee everybody in Alvin Bragg's universe, everybody in his orbit hates Trump and thinks this is a wonderful thing. They don't care. It is uh, absolutely uh, un-American, unjust, unfair, uh, but it is also going to help the Trump campaign. It's like this whole thing is just going to overwhelm everybody else, including Ron DeSantis, and Trump will come out of this the clear favorite, the, the, uh, the de facto nominee, even though we're a year and a half away, more than a year and a half away from the election. But that, we'll, we'll get to that. We got, we got so much to get to. We got no manifesto, of course, no manifesto. I mentioned our friend Billboard Chris. We will get to the assault on him. We could talk about the uh, national championship, the women's national championship, which I tuned into. I was excited to watch a good basketball game. It was ruined by the officiating. Uh, it was a terrible game. And then we had some taunting at the end. Big deal. The taunting is what everyone's talking about. Yes, the taunting. Even even uh, Keith Oldman is attacking Angel Reese, the uh, the star of LSU, National Championship LSU, who's too, too concerned with taunting Caitlin Clark to even celebrate with her teammates. It was very strange. Uh, but we'll get to that. And the Country Music Awards, which was comically woke. Just amazing. The same weekend, Bud Light goes off the rails. Off the rails in an attempt to, I don't know, uh, to placate somebody out there. I'm not sure who the target audience for this ad campaign is. But the uh, CMT, Music Awards, they were going after the same crowd. Whoever that is, I'm not sure. People that don't like country music. That's who they were going for. People who don't like, who don't drink Bud Light. Does anyone think Dylan Mulvaney has ever drunk a Bud Light in, in his life? <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, it's, this is just mind-boggling, mind-blowing. If you haven't seen it yet, Bud Light has a new spokesman. It is a 26-year-old man who pretends to be a six-year-old girl. It is a 26-year-old man who's had facial surgery to look feminine. I don't believe he's had all the surgeries, not yet, but he's become fabulously wealthy. All the corporations are lining up to sign up Dylan Mulvaney as a spokesman. He was a very flamboyant gay man until a year ago when he went on his new journey, 365 days of girlhood. Again, a grown man turning, uh, celebrating girlhood, who pretended to be a girl. All decent people are repulsed by this, this lunatic. There's just no other way to look at it. He is mocking girlhood, mocking womenhood. It is no different than blackface. This is woman face. He put on a woman face, just like Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Justin Trudeau put on a blackface. Dylan Mulvaney puts on a girl face giggles and jumps around and mocks and ridicules women and girls. And for that, corporate America has lined up and paid him, I don't know, I'm going to guess at this point, millions, millions. Uh, in, uh, the, the list of corporations is incredible. Uh, Kate Spade, high-end fashion, Tampax, Tampax, a tampon company has signed uh, Dylan Mulvaney up as a spokesperson, as a spokes, spokesman. How, how does this work in the corporate boardroom? Is there like eight or 10 people? Is the CEO, the CFO, they all in there, the, the, the head of the advertising, they all in there, they discuss it. They come up with some possibilities. Oh, I don't know. Should we consider, I don't know, Mike Trout? Maybe, you know, is, uh, is uh, Rory McIlroy or, or uh, you know, I don't know, LeBron James, who's available for this? Oh, I don't know. How about that weird guy who pretends to be a woman who jumps around, dances around, the weird guy who pretends to be a six-year-old girl uh, in, in one of his more well-known videos. He, I guess it's from uh, 
whatever. What, what, what movie is it from when he's pretending to be a six-year-old girl dancing around the hotel room? I have no idea. Uh, I've never seen it before. Oh, well, I, I get, get the video because it's, it's, it's what you need to see. We'll get to the, the, the actual Bud Light ad with Dylan Mulvaney, grown man in a woman's bathing suit, in a bathtub, taking a bubble bath with a bunch of warm Bud Lights. This, this went through the process. They hired people, consultants and, and ad experts and said, this is what we want to do. This is the message we want to send <laughs> our customers or potential customers. I know it's one small sample, but I, I have uh, gotten, you know, a lot of reaction. I've been tweeting about it, of course, gotten a lot of reaction. Almost everybody, almost everybody says they will never drink a Bud Light again. Um, it, it, I mean, maybe one or two people say, who cares? Why does it bother you? Nobody says, oh, what a great ad. What a good idea. What a good spokesman. It's the single most tone deaf thing. In, forget just advertise, be or whatever. I've never seen, seen anything where a where a an entity misreads their their customers, misreads their target audience like this. People drinking Bud Lights, they think those people, the people that go to a bar, going to Applebee's, or, or go to Hooters, ordering a cold Bud Light, the people buying a thirty pack, sit home and watch watch football or watch the, the final four, having a few Bud Lights. They think those people are going to enjoy the, uh, the endorsement of this person. It's just so bizarre. I genuinely feel, I'm genuinely confused, baffled by this. It's not so much infuriating as it is baffling. Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, this is one of the videos uh, Dylan put out recently, you know, toward the end of his 365 days of girlhood. Um, don't forget, Dylan also got to sit down with the president of the United States, the biggest pandering puke of them all. Joe Biden sat down and giggled with this pretend woman. The vice president sent Dylan a letter, a personal letter, congratulating Dylan on 365 days of girlhood. There are millions, I don't know, 150, whatever, million women and girls out there. Lots of them doing great things. Hell, we talked to one the other day, Riley Gaines, swimmer from Kentucky. She's out there fighting for women's sports, defending women. The, uh, the White House would never even think of inviting her or even acknowledging her. To, to remind everyone, if you missed it, we talked to Riley Gaines Friday she told a great story about going to the University of Pittsburgh to speak. They tried to stop her. They tried to shut her down. They heckled her. They paid her nothing. The same school, University of Pittsburgh, public school, paid Dylan Mulvaney $26,000 to go there and mock women, imitate women. Twenty. The taxpayers paid this, this person twenty-six grand, but would give nothing to Riley Gaines. That's how nuts... The world has gone, but let's listen to a little, watch a little bit about the new face of Bud Light. Can you play this? I am Eloise. I am six. I'm a city child. I live at the Plaza Hotel, which is huge and wonderful and trace elegant, especially at Christmas time. That's, that's, uh, man, I'm old enough to remember when like Miller Light had, uh, had Dave Cowens, John Madden and Bubba Smith as their spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is who Bud Light has. Uh, the, that That is freaky, creepy. Again, a 26-year-old man in a skirt, in little girl's clothes, jumping around the hotel room. It's, it's not even as creepy as the actual ad. The actual ad. It's one thing. It's, they put Dylan Mulvaney's face, his girl face, on a can of Bud Light. So if you go now to the package store today, you can buy a can of Bud Light with Dylan Mulvaney's face on it. You can also buy a, a, a can of Bud Light with, that celebrates non-binary people. This is, this is incredible. Uh, this is from, uh, from, Oli London, a famous uh, deep transitioner, she, uh, he's, he's been tweeting about this. 
He says, in addition to having Dylan Mulvaney as the new brand ambassador for Bud Light, the brand has also released special non-binary beers to, quote, celebrate everyone's diversity, featuring pronouns including they, them, and zzer. You can buy a Bud Light, there it is on the screen, with a rainbow flag, a rainbow go across the can. It says, celebrate everyone's identity. And it has all the different pronouns, she, her, he, him, they, them, and zzer. <laughs> what the? This is not some idea. They drew up in the boardroom and then discarded, dismissed, said, nah, this is beer. This is for beer drinking guys. That's who we, who, that's who most of our uh, tardy audience is. No, you can, let's, let's get a can with various pronouns, including zzer. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I don't know if it's going to make a difference, but everybody on social media, everybody in my world is saying never again. Here's what they don't realize, how easy it is to boycott Bud Light. I mean, I hear people talk about boycotting Amazon sometime or boycotting Apple or boycotting Google. That's hard. You want to boycott Amazon, it's, it's difficult. You want to boycott Google? Good luck. That, that's, that's not easy to do. Here's how easy it is to boycott Bud Light. Uh, waitress, bartender, I'll have a Miller Light, please. Uh, I'll have a Coors Light. I'll have a, I'll have a Sam Adams. I'll have a Yingling. It's really easy. They are playing with fire. In my opinion, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but this thing has gone viral. I, they might decide to not, you know, air this on the Super Bowl or air it during the Masters or something, but it has gone viral on social media and uh, virtually everybody has said, we're done. No more Bud Light, but we'll see how it plays out. I can't, I can't even picture in my mind the person who's laughing at this and thinks it's cute. Thinks it's Six a great year idea. old girls. This is what this targets this ad specifically. It's tea time with Bud Light. Tea time with Bud Light, not T-E-E, T-E-A, tea time with Bud Light. Do we have the actual ad with uh, Dylan in the bathtub? In a bub- even, even once you decide to put Dylan on a can and make Dylan your fake, then you decide let's have him in a bubble bath with a bathing suit on, which I guess is a good idea, and a bunch of warm Bud Lights on the tub. <laughs> Look at this. I mean, Bud Light is known as by far the most popular uh, beer in in this country. A, a friend of mine who was on the package store told me he sells more Bud Light than all other beers combined. It's it's that popular, at least in this region. I know at times it's regional. In some places they like Coors, in some places they like Miller, but whatever. Around here, in, in many places, it is the go-to beer. People just grab it. They drink it. They don't give it a thought. They might start thinking now I will and just say, I'll try something else. But this is what they come up with. If you're just listening, you're not watching. There's this 26 year old man. He's had some facial work done, obviously, to make him look more feminine, uh, but hasn't had all the surgery. So he's in a bikini, I guess you can't see the bottom, but he's in a women's bathing suit in a bubble bath with just stacks of warm Bud Light next to the tub. And then he takes, I don't know, does he, does he take a can and crack it open in this one? There's one where he taps the can and cracks open and takes a sip of Bud Light and says, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> Not going to the White House and sitting down with the president, getting a deal, getting millions and millions from Bud Light. That's uh, the highlight of his uh, young life. But uh, let's watch a little bit of it. The estimated haul time is now less than 96 minutes. I don't get it. If he's he's dancing to the song on the whatever the 
the phone. He's told to wait. Can of Bud Light in his hand, and he's dancing in the tub with a bathing suit on, with the bubbles all around him. Some weird dance and drinking, guzzling a Bud Light. How, how does this pass? How does this? It's like my friend Mike in a tube top. I know it's not an American company anymore. It was bought by whatever it is, Heineken or, uh, but there's a lot of uh, um, offices and a lot of executives in America. They saw this and said, yes, we're going with this. This is, this is the image, the look we want. Just bizarre. I mean, even if I weren't a former Bud Light drinker, I would look at that and just, I wouldn't understand it. I do not understand it. Here's the quick list of uh, companies that have paid and paid big money to Dylan. Uh, Walmart. Walmart. It's another one. Try, try uh, boycott in Walmart. You'll cost you some money. But uh, KitchenAid. Aritzia. Aritzia. I don't know what that is. Tampax Native. Um, Kate Spade. Bud Light. Just some of the companies. This little freak is getting fabulously wealthy. All he has to do is mock women. I, I, I don't know. I know lots of women. Maybe not as many women as, you know, I should. But have you ever in your life met a woman who acts like Dylan Mulvaney? No. Who carries herself like Dylan Mulvaney? I haven't. This is not, this is a cartoon he's, he's, he's performing. This is a, a, a show. He's not really a woman. We know that. But he doesn't act like a woman either. He acts like a caricature of a woman. What's he talking about in this video? Is he, he's got uh, five Bud Lights in front of him. This he's, is in a, a beautiful, uh, he's in a beautiful dress with black gloves and all dolled up. And he's sitting down to crack a couple of cold ones. This is Boy. the one I said sounds like tea time with a six-year-old. I don't oh, understand the advertising. Right. Okay, let's, let's listen. Let's watch a little bit of another video from Bud Light from Anheuser-Busch featuring Dylan Mulvaney. Go ahead. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money, too. Love ya! Cheers! Go team! Whatever team you love, I love, too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break a leg. What the hell? This, I, I reiterate, is not an April Fool's joke. Initially, I said it has to be. It is a real thing. Bud Light is really doing that. I, I feel like the, this is crossing the, the Rubicon. This is where there's such a divide between corporate America and the media and the, the ruling class and the, and the plebes and, and regular people. It has never been quite this this illuminated you have the this is the product for just regular guys working class guys bud light in a can and you have corporate america the elites deciding to put this person's pretend face on the can and encouraging people to continue to drink their product i i just think of people i know people i've seen in bars and restaurants people i see in the summertime that after you know playing golf or whatever, working out, they they crack a cold Bud Light. Those people are going to just be repulsed by this, and they're going to say, hmm, "Miller Light, not so bad. Coors Light, not so bad." Or in Ironhead's case, he's going to switch to bourbon. Have <laughs> a cold, a cold. I don't know if that's the solution here. You still want to going to want a beer on occasion, but there are so many other choices. Again. This is a really easy thing to boycott. And I, I've never called for boycotts. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to choose a Miller Lite or a Coors Light, whatever's colder. Miller Lite, Coors Light, whatever you got. But I will never, ever purchase another can of Bud Light. It is just 
that that is just too much of an insult to the uh, to the American public right there. And it's it's just it's you know, we, we talked we talked to Riley Gaines about this the other day. And sometimes it feels like the pendulum is swinging back and maybe we're not going to completely all have to live in clown world. And then you see this and then you have a weekend like we just had where where uh, Dylan is celebrated, where the uh, where the manifesto in Nashville is covered up as a service to the transgender community, where our friend Billboard Chris was peacefully protesting, he gets attacked, violently attacked, and the cops laugh and look the other way. And I think I think it's clear we still have a long way to go. The 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 lunatics are still running the asylum, and it's just I don't know if we can get any crazier. I don't know if it can get any crazier than that. I just looked up the worst ad campaigns ever and nothing even comes close to that. Nothing. I mean, some of them are stupid. Uh, like, uh, and, and they, one is even a Bud Light ad, but, and most of them, I don't even remember. They were just forgettable. They were just dumb. This is from business insider ranks all the, the worst ads. There's nothing even close to this. Nothing. I mean, there's uh, they get the worst Tiger Woods ad in 2010. It was like a black and white ad right after his, his scandals talking about, you know, how he's, he couldn't uh, play golf at certain courses when he was on Mike Douglas at two years old, he could play any course in Southern California. When he was a kid, he was celebrated, but he used that kind of as uh, damage control after he had his scandals and they got the Mary Kay Blige uh, Burger King ad uh, it was ridiculed for perpetuating racial stereotypes about African-Americans. Uh, an ad for chicken snack wraps. I don't remember it. Uh, Hyundai's pipe job. It was an ad where they showed a man's failed suicide attempt. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind uh, of funny that they would do that. <laughs> I, I don't remember. That sounds pretty bad. They had the Victoria's Secret's perfect body ad. That was criticized by, you know, people for body shaming. God, I hate that. When you have a Victoria's Secret ad with a bunch of women with perfect bodies. Uh, there's one here. There's a Bud Light ad called Up For Whatever. An ad meant to invoke feelings of spontaneous fun night out with friends became one of Bud Light's biggest gaffes as it led to concerns about the brand promoting alcohol-fueled rape culture with messages on beer bottles calling the perfect beer for removing the perfect beer for removing no from your vocabulary for a night. <laughs> I don't remember that either. I remember that That's one. pretty bad. They got a Starbucks ad. They got, uh, uh, of course the Peloton ad Peloton ad where, you know, it was supposed to be the husband was shaming the wife telling her she has to lose weight. But there's one that I don't remember. There's every, there's a lot of stuff about being racially insensitive and this is incredible. Don't remember this one. H and M, the clothing line, <laughs> The, the ad is called The Coolest Monkey in the Jungle from 2018. They actually have a kid. We're looking at him on the screen with a sweatshirt. And the sweatshirt says, coolest monkey in the jungle. And it's a little black kid. They went with that. I'm, I, that, might be, that might be number one. I might have to put Dylan at number two. That is unbelievable that you thought that was appropriate. There's been some bad ads. But this is the tone deficit by the biggest company, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. And I think, I wish them the worst. I hope this thing blows up on them. I hope lots of people start drinking whatever, Miller Lite, Sam Adams, whatever, uh, Blue Moon. There's just too many choices. It's just too easy to turn your back on Bud Light. But all right, we'll see how that goes. I know, I know I'm in. I know I will not, I will not order another uh, yeah. To be honest with you, I don't even how do you know the difference in the the you know light beers? They're they're all pretty much the same. They're light. They're good summer drinks when they're really cold. I never had one in a bubble bath while dancing to the music. I'll have to try that sometime. You don't have a bubble bath, light some candles, and crack a few cold ones, Sherry. That and I never like wear my bathing suit in the in the, in the tub. Uh, who? What a fool! I mean, the person who made that ad probably makes, you know, half a million bucks a year mm. and thinks they're really creative and really smart and they're just fools. And they, they'll be at the top of that list. Next time the business insider does worst fails ever in advertising history. There it is. Got to go with that. And 
how about if you're just a guy at a bar tonight and you order a Bud Light and it comes with all the pronouns and the flag on it? Are you saying, oh, that's nice. I want to celebrate diversity. Or are you saying, leave me alone. Jesus, I'm just trying to have a cold beer. Ah, these people. Anyway, all right, we got so much more to get to. That is the my favorite story of the weekend, but there's a whole bunch more. We'll give you the latest from uh, Alvin Bragg. Fat Alvin Bragg is, uh, we'll tell you what, constitutes a crime in Alvin Bragg's New York and what doesn't. That's always interesting. Uh, And we'll give you the details on the attack on our friend, uh, Billboard Chris, and uh, my take on the uh, NCAA Women's Championship game, which I definitely checked out. They got me. They hooked me in. I checked it out. And I'll tell you why it was so, so bad. It was just such a bad a bad product. They had their chance. They had lots of people watching. They had better numbers in the NBA and they just blew it. Thanks to uh, three people. We'll, we'll get to that too. But first. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Hi, right, we got live shots from Palm Beach. The jet is warming up. Trump, Trump's uh, plane is heading to New York. He's going to be arraigned tomorrow. I always thought the thing that that DeSantis did, I understand why he did it, said he's not going to cooperate in any extradition requests. That was never going to happen. Trump is looking forward to this. He's looking at his poll numbers and he's saying, man, this is working for me. All he has to do is show up. They're going to get the mug shot. They think that's what, uh, you know, all the liberals and all the Trump haters want. Well, you be careful what you wish for because Trump's mug shot is going to go viral. It's going to go global and it's going to be on every fundraising email he sends out. It's going to be on t-shirts and Trump uh, flags will, there'll be flags with Trump's mugshot. It'll be the single most famous mugshot, the most viewed mugshot in history. And I think Trump is looking forward to using it to his benefit. He will be fingerprinted. He will be booked. He will not be handcuffed. He will not spend a second in a jail cell. He'll walk out as all criminals do, uh, you know, without bail in New York. And he'll go back to Florida. The question is, Will there be a gag order? And if there is, will he violate it? He has a speech scheduled tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. Um, It will be wild because I assume he's going to stick to the script. He's not going to go off script and start talking about horse face. I I assume. But he will be breaking the law if he speaks about the case under a gag order. And uh, he can't help himself. Imagine Donald Trump with a gag order. It's like asking, you know, Donald Trump to fast for 24 hours. That's just never going to happen. 
<laughs> he, he, I mean, he's just not going to do it, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I do think smart Democrats, uh, realistic Democrats realize this isn't helping. They, they, they hate Trump and they're helping Trump. They think they're going to stop him from running again, even though he'd be the easiest guy to beat, uh, uh, at least among the, the f- two front runners. It'd certainly be easier for Biden to beat Trump than it would Biden to beat DeSantis. But they are elevating his campaign, his 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 profile. They're they're helping his poll numbers. They're giving him a big bounce, and uh, but they hate him so much they can't help themselves. Everybody knows there is no case here. Everybody knows there's no victim. Everyone knows if it weren't Donald Trump, if he weren't running for president, they wouldn't be doing this. Uh, but, you know, they take crime seriously in New York these days. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend. This is amazing. Just so you know what how Alvin Bragg operates. Again, he has downgraded 52% of the felonies uh, in New York to misdemeanors. He's let one violent criminal after another just walk out, no bail. They don't hold them. They just go out. They're free to kill again. They're free to rape, rob, loot, whatever, carjack. He does not um, enforce the law. We told you about the list of crimes, burglary and uh, shoplifting that he doesn't enforce. Resisting arrest. If you're a criminal in New York, you know you can resist arrest. You can run. You can fight the cops. and They will not prosecute. So why not resist arrest? But over the weekend, they arrested a real criminal. His name is Mosa Diara. He's 57 years old. He's a parking garage attendant. So in other words, a hardworking guy. Just It was 5.30 in the morning, and he was working at this parking garage. This is from the New York Post. The Manhattan parking garage worker who was initially hit with an attempted murder rap for shooting an armed would-be thief wept as he lay handcuffed to his hospital bed, stunned at his fates, at his fate. Quote, I got bullets in me and I'm chained to a hospital bed, but I didn't do anything wrong, lamented Mosa Diara. Um, Diara was shot twice during a tussle with a thief Charles Rohde at Carolyn's West 31st Street, 31st Street Garage. Diara was initially charged by cops in the case, including with criminal possession of a weapon, which he wrestled away from the thief. He got shot a couple times. He shot back and hit uh, Rohde, and they charged him with attempted murder, <laughs> the parking garage attendant, and they handcuffed him to the bed in Bellevue Hospital. Uh, they eventually dropped, it's amazing, the guy is hurt badly. He's got two bullets in him. This is what you'd call in normal places, in a normal city, a hero who stopped the criminal, took the gun away and shot him. And Alvin Bragg initially charged him. They dropped the attempted murder after pressure from the public. Uh, initially, they charged both men with attempted murder, assault, and criminal possession of a weapon. <laughs> Which is, uh, the cuffs came off late Sunday after Bragg's office announced that it was not going to prosecute uh, Diara for attempted murder until further investigation. Um, they initially charged him, attempted murder, stopping a criminal, shooting him. We told you about the bodega owner. We've seen the video. He was getting robbed by some punk, uh, this, this hardworking bodega owner, late night, and he reached for a knife and stabbed the criminal in the neck, killed him. It's great. Uh, obvious self-defense. They charged him initially and kept him in prison overnight. And uh, eventually the public uh, and the, the pressure from the media, and they had to let him go. But that's what's a crime in New York. Paying your girlfriend money to keep her mouth shut. That's a felony. And wrestling the gun away from a robber and shooting him. That's a felony in Alvin Bragg's New York, just so you know. But uh, it's, uh, let's get to let's get to Billboard Chris because this we, we've we've told you about Billboard Chris. He's our friend Chris Elston. He's a uh, peaceful protester out there protecting children. That's his life. He goes from city to city, and he tries to have conversations about what's happening to children, confused children, children with gender dysphoria. Yeah, we had him on the show. I, I hung out with him on Boston Common. 
I watched him in action. He's remarkably peaceful and level-headed and calm. He just has conversations. He wears the billboard. This one says children can't consent to puberty blockers. He talks about the just the 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 insanity of putting eight, nine, ten-year-old kids on drugs to stop their body from going through puberty. The reason they do that is because after they go through puberty, it's much less likely that the kids will transition. That's the way it works. Overwhelmingly, once you get through puberty, you, you know, you realize that God didn't put you in the wrong body. And he just wants to have conversations. He, he, he records them on his phone. He never yells. He never fights. He never screams. Uh, he, he fights back. If you're watching on the screen right there, that's him in Vancouver over the weekend getting attacked by some crazed man dressed up as a woman. Uh, the cops were there. They watched it. They saw the video. They did nothing. One cop, a woman, laughed at him, told him he bloodied his own nose, told him he was an equal uh, agitator in this fight. Obviously, that's a lie. Obviously, they don't care uh, what happened to Chris. That's, the, that's what he deals with. He had his arm broken by some thug in, uh, in Montreal. He didn't get attacked in Boston. You know why? He had 150 Boston cops on duty surrounding him, protecting him, but they don't do that everywhere. They certainly don't do it in Vancouver. He has an interesting uh, tweet thread about what he's gone through, how he tried to press charges and the cops just laughed at him. I'm telling you, he's doing God's work. This man is a hero. He knows his material. He has these calm, quiet conversations or, uh, and he listens and he talks and he explains it. And that's all you have to do to expose the lie that is this gender ideology craze. The people defending the butchery of children are unhinged like these two surrounding him, punching him, choking him just for having a conversation. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with violent people. The, the trans mob is a violent vicious group of people. We've seen it in time and again. Uh, we've seen them threaten. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure we just saw it in Nashville. Uh, and they have the protection of the, of the establishment, not just the cops, the media, uh, the academia, you know, Dylan Mulvaney can go some school and get paid, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to talk about this, uh, insanity. But, uh, Chris, Chris, billboard Chris, he gets attacked for just showing up and attempting to protect children. That's all he's doing. He wants to stop the utter insanity of cutting off healthy body parts of confused young children. I feel like, uh, I feel like he's on the winning side. History will show that Chris was right and these lunatics were, were, were wrong and they were the ones abusing children. He was there protecting children. Uh, they, they're still investigating. I'm not sure what's to investigate. You can see clear as day that the brute on the left, this, this guy pretending to be a woman. Brian Erlacher with a blonde wig. <laughs> Brian Erlacher with a wig. Punches him right in the throat. Gave him a bloody nose in the melee. And the cops just said, eh. And he, and, he, and he shows the video of the woman cop just laughing at him. It's incredible. The most privileged, protected, entitled class of people and we saw it last week when they stormed three different state capitals, occupied, they had a die-in at the state capitol in Nashville. Days after one of their own, a member of the transgender community, shot six innocent people at the Covenant School, three little children, three nine-year-old children. I'm telling you, this that felt like a turning point too. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just optimistic that people are waking up to this. But I don't, I didn't, I haven't never seen anything, heard anything from the White House as offensive as what they did late last week when they declared, when they issued a proclamation uh, defending uh, transgender kids, the transgender community, when Joe Biden said, transgender Americans shape our nation's soul, proudly serving in the military, curing deadly diseases holding elected office, running thriving businesses, fighting for justice, raising families, and much more. He issued this three days after a trans terrorist shot up a Christian school, killing three nine-year-old children. And uh, 
Corinne Jean-Pierre called transgender youth the bravest kids in America. The brave, one of the three children, uh, Evelyn Dykhaus, I believe it's how you say it, um, was supposedly trying to pull the fire alarm to save kids or leading kids, trying to leave her classmates to safety when she was slaughtered by this monster. And the spokesman for the president wants you to think the trans kids are the bravest kids she knows. And she went off on a tirade against anybody who's against uh, castrating and uh, sterilizing children. She She's looking out for kids. At least but, Jane Fonda got what she asked for. Uh, yeah, Jane Fonda, you know, called arms and uh, she got it. Uh, but um, the latest from Nashville, of course, no manifesto. You want to talk about the least marginalized, the least uh, victimized class. There's only one reason we haven't seen the manifesto. One reason, because the transgender community and their defenders in the political world, in the media, they don't want you to see it. Um, if this were a white supremacist or a proud boy or just a MAGA guy, run-of-the-mill MAGA guy who shot up a school, you'd have seen the manifesto the next day. It would have been front page, above the fold in every newspaper, on every website, on every Sunday morning talk show. They'd be reading from it, but they don't want you to see it. And, and the Nashville Police Department said you, we would get to see it. They had no reason to hide it. The FBI stepped in. Biden's Department of Justice stepped in and said, no, this won't make our friends in the transgender community feel good. So they will keep it suppressed as long as possible. They will redact the hell out of it if we ever do get to see it. Some people are okay with this. I know, I know Bill Maher went off and said, we shouldn't talk about the shooter, any details. I'm sorry. I, I can't agree with that for a couple of reasons. A it's news. If you're in the news business, a mass shooting is news. You can't sit there and let's say suppress the news because you think it might, uh, you think reporting the news might encourage another shooter. So you're telling me if you didn't, if we don't release the manifesto, if we didn't say her name, Audrey Hale, if we never said her name, uh, we would, there would not be another shooter. I, I, I don't think you can make that direct connection and say we can't do it because we can't report the news because it might encourage another shooter. You don't, A, you don't know that. And that's not your job. Your job is to report the news. And this is big, big news. And I think, the public has a right to know this, why this person did it. Think of this. If you're in Nashville, say, you know, the victims, say you're a relative of the victims. You don't have a right to know why this monster shot your loved one. The media makes that declaration. They say, no, politically, we don't like the way this will play out. So you can't know why your loved one was murdered. That's just, that's just a stretch in my mind, but, Bill Maher and others don't want report uh, want, don't want the media to report on mass shootings because it might encourage copycats. Let's listen. So the other thing I'd like to say about this is we're the media anxiously waiting on all this information about the shooter. How about we have a, a, a blackout on the shooters and what they did? You know, this is. Uh, Yesterday, off of each we, yesterday was the opening of the baseball season. Now, in baseball, when somebody runs on the field, the camera doesn't show it. Mm -hmm. They don't give that person any publicity. Why can't we at least do that in this country? I don't want to hear anything about it. Mm -hmm. We know it happened. I don't want to know about. I don't want to know the, what orientation this person is, how old they are, what their manifesto said. I don't give a shit about any of it because it's just going to inspire the next one because they all feed on each other. That's true. The least the media could do. Yeah, you, you know what? Bill Maher would never have said that if this were a white supremacist or a proud boy. He wouldn't have. Uh, and, and no one would. They would say, oh, that's a, you know, Trump inspired them. Tucker Carlson inspired them. You know, it's, a, it's an epidemic. I mean, we already get lied to constantly by Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and Kareem Jean-Pierre about white supremacists and the biggest threat to the homeland. No, it isn't. That's a lie. You're lying to the public. Uh, if this were indeed, they would get the gift they've been waiting for. They want violence from the MAGA people. They haven't gotten it since January 6th and they're just dying for some violence. They were hoping it'd be a white supremacist. It wasn't. 
It was a transgender individual. So for that reason, they decide, you know, we don't want to know anything. We don't want to know anything. Just a couple more examples uh, before we get to the uh, big uh, NCAA championship game. Uh, the country music CMT, country music TV, whatever awards last night. I checked that out a couple of times. I used to, you know, see who's performing. I like some country, you know, I like Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw and Eric church. Uh, I don't think they were invited. <laughs> it felt like this was the, this, I don't even know if like the MTV awards or the Grammys or the Tonys were, are as woke as the country music awards last night. It was, there was a gospel choir. There was one woman, there was a performance of five women singing, which wasn't bad. It was like a Alanis Morissette tribute. I mean, obviously Darius Rucker performed. I love Darius Rucker, but uh, uh, they're not going to uh, you know, disinvite him, but I don't know where all the old country stars Hootie. were. Uh, Hootie, I love Hootie. Uh, I hung out with Hootie one night. It's a good story. I'll tell you another time, Ironhead. It's a good, some Fridays, you know, you can ask me about it. I'll tell you my story of hanging with Hootie, was a, who was a great guy. But it was so freaking woke. They had a tribute. They had a drag queen. Pop that back on the screen. They had a song from, uh, what's her name, Kelsey Bellarini, with know. drag queens. This is less than a week. And they were doing trans, a tribute to trans. And this is normally in Nashville. It was in Austin for whatever reason. But they were talking about, you know, drag queens and, and uh, you know, trans rights at the country music awards. It was so insanely ridiculously woke. Uh, and uh, the big hit, the big star was jelly roll. This massive must weigh 500 pounds guy with tattoos on his face. Uh, and his song was okay, but uh, didn't, I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see Kenny Chesney. Didn't see a lot of the, uh, a lot of my, my favorite country rockers. It was a little bit different. And Morgan Wallen, of course, didn't win. <laughs> the public loves him, but the, uh, the critics, the music people, industry don't like him. But so you got that. You got no manifesto. You got Madonna going to Nashville to perform a benefit concert for the victims. Oh, no, wait. It's not for the victims. The hell with the victims. To perform a benefit concert for the trans community. Oh, my God. Uh, now I guess she, she kind of looks like she's part of that now. She's so strange looking, but a trans person shot up a school, killed three little kids and everybody in, you know, politically, everybody in me, all they want to talk about is how the trans community is marginalized. No, it's the exact opposite. I don't know what the opposite of marginalized is entitled, protected, privileged, you name it. That's the trans community right now. And for some reason, the fact that one of their own shot up a school makes them more marginalized. <laughs> there's, there's Madonna. Yeah. She almost, you know, I'll give Dylan Mulvaney one thing. Dylan Mulvaney looks more like a woman than Madonna does right now. True. <laughs> and it's not even close. I not did not realize she, that was a benefit for the trans community. What yeah, she's raised, you know, idiot. because the poor trans community, they, one of their own shot up a school. So let's go. Oh, defend and protect the trans community. All right. All right, let me do Shay. Then we're going to get to uh, the uh, the really disappointing NCAA championship game. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, they sucked me in. They they did it. I, I, I tuned in. I flipped over for a few minutes to the NCAA to see Caitlin Clark of Iowa go against LSU. It was like, you know, it felt like, felt like a movie where it was like all the black 
kids were on one team, all the white were on the other. And, you know, at the end they would all get together and be friends. That didn't happen. The LSU blew them out. It was kind of disappointing, but uh, the refs ruined it. Absolutely ruined the game. It was the worst officiating game I've ever seen. It was comically bad. And I got a question for you. There were, obviously everything is totally gone woke and everything, you know, everything's about diversity, celebrating diversity and equity. They had three officials. They were all black women, women of color. Now I wouldn't have given it a thought until I watched the game and saw three of the worst officials I've ever seen. Do they not pick the best refs for their championship game? Do they, are those diversity hires? That's in Biden's America. That's a question you ask. You have to ask because obviously everything the Biden administration does, everything corporate America does is based on DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Is that how they picked the refs? Because the refs were awful, awful. They, I mean, you have they, they had to sit Caitlin Clark down because of a couple ticky-tack offensive fouls. Then they gave her a T because she threw, like, threw the ball behind her back during a timeout. A timeout. She threw the ball just to the side, discarded the ball around her back, gave her a tee. That was her fourth foul. Game was over. It was a blowout. But they just ruined it. They ruined the whole flow of it. And you have to wonder, why don't they have the best refs doing the biggest game? Because they had a big audience. They had a lot of people tuning in, and everybody agreed, whether you're rooting for LSU or rooting for or just rooting for a good game, the officials ruined the game. Afterwards, uh, Angel Reese, the star of LSU, taunted Caitlin Clark, causing a big, big dust up on social media. And uh, Caitlin Clark against South Carolina, they knocked off South Carolina, and she did a quick thing with her. What do you even call that move where you put the hand in front of your face? You can't see me. It's a wrestling thing. Oh, no wonder I don't know anything about it. Oh, by the way, did you stay up late watching wrestling last night? Um, sure oh, did, good. sir. Oh. Christ, help me, Lord. <laughs> uh, so they do the hand in the face thing. And uh, she did it real quickly, briefly against South Carolina. It wasn't a big deal. This, this woman, Angel Reese, 20 years old, playing, she, she just won the national title. The sec, final seconds to take it down. And she's stalking Caitlin Clark to taunt her with the face thing and pointing at her finger and a ring. And everyone obviously defending her saying, oh, I love it. Trash talk. This was a punk move. I'm sorry. You don't do that when your team's all over there celebrating and you're following around the player from the other team. At that point, you just say, you know, we're done. We won, you know, good game. That's the best player in the country. She's taunting. And everybody was defending her because uh, Caitlin Clark did something against South Carolina, but she did it. And, and Portnoy put them up on this. He, he, uh, Dave Portnoy, tweeted out the difference. One was real quick, boom. The other one was literally stalking her around the court. Caitlin Clark also did it to her bench, her own bench, when she was walking off the court. It wasn't in someone else's People barely noticed it. This was uh, really egregious. It was like, that's all this girl cared about, like finding the other team's star and taunting her. And everyone's like, oh, I love trash talk. That's not trash talk. That's taunting. In the NFL, that gets you 15 yards. In the NBA, that gets you a technical foul. In this game, that's not a technical foul, but throwing the ball behind your back during a timeout is. They blew it, man. They had a huge audience. They had a lot of people tuning in. And I think, yeah, there's the Portnoy that shows the difference. One is brief. It lasts not even a second. The other one, she's falling around the court. Not the same thing. Not a cool move by uh, Angel Reese, who, by the way, after the game, said she won this for all the kids who look like her. Who, who don't get, who get overlooked, don't get an opportunity. Yeah, because, you know, black kids just don't get an opportunity to play basketball in America. She's just, she's knocking down those walls, man. She's blowing down those barriers. Good for her. But they did kick their ass, though. I will say that. It wasn't even close. It was kind of disappointing. But maybe tonight will be better. UConn against whatever. San Diego State. So, uh, you know, you can sit down, settle in, have a nice uh, Miller Lite or Coors Light and watch the national title game. See if UConn can win another one. But uh, that will do it for today. I'm on Newsmax in, uh, at 11.45 to talk about, I don't know what, Trump, DeSantis, I don't know, the Trump, the Trump trial. We'll see. But uh, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. 
shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks it takes like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.